poor? Shared stories of single mothers struggling to overcome poverty and adversity by using their wit, grit, and just refusing to quit. So get your earbuds on and join us in this Me Too movement mashup of mothers, actors who play them, lawyers who represent them, and theater professionals who are telling Chelsea's story on stage. To inspire mothers around the world to live boldly and instill greatness in their children. Hello and welcome to the Mommy Are We Poor podcast. I'm Richard Bravosa, your host, and over the coming episodes, we're going to do a deep dive into the many dimensions of how poverty affects mothers and their families. We're going to view these often disturbing issues through the twin lenses of drama and reality. In this case, it's art imitating life all the way as we explore these deep and dark trenches together. Mommy, Are We Poor? is a full-length stage play. It's an epic tale of poverty in America set against the backdrop of the Me Too movement. It's the story of Chelsea, a widowed mom in her 30s living in a rundown inner-city apartment with two young kids, two jobs, a married boss with questionable motives, and a deadbeat ex who doesn't pay his child support. Her world begins to crumble after receiving an eviction notice, a credit card lawsuit, and almost having her car repossessed just in time for Christmas. So that's a little bit of a background. In a nutshell, it's a story about Working Girl Meets the Me Too movement, supported by a cast of characters right off the island of Misfit Toys. And we'll use what happens to the characters as touchstones to spur discussions about how others are facing obstacles every day. And today I am delighted that we have a guest uh, calling in all the way from Alaska. Uh, Debbie, are you on the line? I am, yes. (laughs) Terrific. Thank you so much for for calling in, and uh, uh, can't thank you enough. So we'll dive right into it. Um, So what have you either in the past or are now struggling with as a mother or as a person? Well, I'm a grandma now, but my struggle has always really been education. Um, As a young child, I I knew that, you know, I wasn't learning, so I I knew I had educational issues. Um, And so I just kind of felt uneducated. At the end of my 12 years, it was like, well, I really didn't learn a lot. So literally it was my struggle, and how could I teach, you know, my child something I couldn't learn myself? Again, my struggle. Sure, and and how many children do you have? I have one and uh, two grandchildren. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It was was hard to, you know, because I didn't, I really didn't want to have a whole lot of kids. I couldn't educate. (laughs) That was kind of my thought. Certainly. Certainly. And uh, how old were you when you had your child? My first child, well, my only child, 29. Um, Again, because my thought was I would not know what to teach it morally or educationally because I just didn't feel that educated enough to do that. So I was like, nope. But, you know, over time I kind of felt somewhat educated. I started educating myself, and so I felt I could pass the knowledge on. So what did you do? Knowledge is power. It sure is. And, And what things did you do to help your child become educated, lessons you taught her, and if you're willing to share that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so 
when I decided one day, you know, after my child was born, I thought, you know, I, I really don't have a lot to teach her. I couldn't teach her history. I couldn't teach her math. I couldn't teach her a lot or spiritually. So I just got really frustrated one day and started picking up books and started reading. That was kind of my rock bottom. You know, I needed I needed something. I felt uneducated. I, I you know, no, uh, no career. I had a husband, you know, which is nice, but, you know, you don't want to live off your husband all your life because, you know, it's not the way society works anymore. But so, like yeah. I said, I decided I was going to read and I was going to figure stuff out. <laughs> so uh, one day, about 15, maybe about 15 years ago, I started reading um, on where the origin of education, where did it come from? I needed to know <laughs> where did that come from? And so I, I yeah. started looking into history and so uh, found those, a lot of answers for sure. So you graduated from high school. Absolutely did not. I was uh, I dropped out in tenth grade because I knew that I wasn't being taught properly. I felt okay. like you know that they weren't teaching me the moments. They were teaching moments of history, but they weren't teaching it in chronological order. Where we humans, you know, we we live twenty four hours, you know, in twenty four hour increments. And so certainly, my thought is. If we live in 24-hour increments, because the sun and the moon, you know, how the whole system works, and we've been measuring time in 24-hour increments for 10,000 years, why can we not go back in time year by year? You know, and that was my thought. And I was like, well, i got to figure out how to put that together. <laughs> and so I've, I've been working on this project called The World in Chronological Order. And so for my own self, I put the world in chronological order. But first, I had to distinguish the difference between what the world is and the earth was my first big thing. And the world is the people. Because so we, the world is lying we, in the power of the wicked one, right? <laughs> sure is. So as you started right? reading, so, what, so, where did you get yeah, a reading just, list from? What were some of your inspirations to educate yourself? To educate myself, it was just because I, I, you know, the whole left behind um, – all these, all these movements that, you know, throughout our American history, you know, going back to, you know, the 1642 Massachusetts law, the old deluder Satan law, you know, which was our first uh, law for education. And it, it just stated that, well, you know, that particular law states that Satan is the one trying to, you know, to keep us from learning. And so, so that when was you, the basis for – I'm sorry. For, for, for you starting to educate yourself, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and when you had your, your daughter, uh, did you get her on a path of, of self-education in addition to her formal education? Well, and that's the thing. My, my foundation for my child was more spiritual as, as opposed to, like, I have a sister who – when she was raising her children, her foundation was more educational. So she would say to her child, well, when you finish college, then you can go do this. When you finish college, you get married, blah, blah, blah. Where mine was more spiritual in the sense that I didn't put a lot of stock in the education system of this world. <laughs> but yeah, we're still here. So I had to put it together for her so that she could understand chronologically where we are in this stream of time. Sure. So 
would you agree that regardless of what someone's anchor is, everyone should mm-hmm. have an anchor, whether it's educational, spiritual, right. uh, religious, political? Uh, you know, political? If you're, if you're a Kennedy, yeah. you, right. If you're a Kennedy, you were raised under the political foundation, which, you, you know, but then you had your spiritual because they were Catholic, you know, and then they were educated for sure. Oh, absolutely. In fact, in fact, one of the attorneys that works in our office used to work for Senator Edward Kennedy. Uh, She's Mm -hmm. Megan. She's a a pro bono bankruptcy lawyer that helps people, you know, out of debt and who struggle. But uh, it's interesting you bring Mm -hmm. up the Kennedys in Massachusetts because that's where our podcast hails from. Well, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, when I saw that, well, that was there again. The old deleters, the old deleters Satan Act was originally written in, you know, the Massachusetts Board of Education. Yeah, it sure was. I think it was written. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. this, that's, that's where I began. It was like, okay, this is where my search took me in my time. But as I put the world together chronologically, then I was able to go back and say, oh, there is the origin of history because Herodotus, who was a Greek you know, theologian and historian, was writing our history so that we in our time today would still be able to learn lessons from the past. If sure. it's taught properly, but you first have to teach history properly and it's not being done. But anyway, that's my fascinating, fascinating. Was it difficult Thank you. for you to, to come to this realization that you had to do something for yourself to to uh to I move your to, life I had forward? To educate myself. Yeah. And when did I, when did you, when I, did I, that because, I mean, come to you? When did that when did you have that revelation that that was important and you had to take steps forward? Yeah. Well, mostly when my daughter was born, because the nurse handed me my daughter and said, "Well, good luck." And I'm like, "Oh, what am I supposed to teach her?" <laughs> Oops. I came from a broken home. I came, you know, from alcoholic parents, you know, abuse and all that stuff. And you know, it can be overcome, like anything else, but. Again, you know, lots of theories on how to heal. Um, yeah, so, yeah, like yeah. I said, I've, I've been down those roads. Um, and what, like you said, what made me decide to educate myself was just being lied to. I felt like the system has been lying to me, you know, or did just your, not educating me properly. To, yeah. Did, did your parents uh, so, want you to continue with your education or what support did you have at home? You know, yeah, you know, so I grew up in a household, both, you know, uh, with biological parents and, of course, the divorce and alcohol and, you know, all kinds of abuse of all kinds. And, you know, so losing a lot of that, you know, and then, of course, I'm sure I ended up with ADD and all kinds of other medical things that stunted my my growth to learn. And then at some point I just became too angry and didn't care. But about 15 years ago, I think about 15, 15, 15 17 years ago, I just said, I, I need to know. I absolutely need to know where we came from and, you know, how do we get back there? <laughs> not not like time machine or anything, but yeah, we have a brain that goes back in time, you know, and if we can measure, you know, if we've been measuring time in 24-hour increments for 10,000 years, then we can go back in time on a piece of paper for 24-hour increments, you know, just as far back as we need to go for whatever we're researching. Or are you are you currently? Are, what what is a memory you have as a child that that's something that sticks in your mind today that affected you right. positively so or earliest, negatively? My earliest, 
Right. So it would be education because I remember being in elementary school and back in those days in the 60s, 70s, actually, the libraries had those programs where you could come in, you know, through the summer, read a book, write a little story, and then you could watch a movie. That's why yeah. it was in Oregon. Anyways, so I remember having several of the teachers and librarians say, wow, that girl can't write. Who's not always that girl? Look at all that. One of them said, looks like she threw the ABCs up in the air or whatever landed close to each other. That's how she spelled the word. And that's how I felt, you know, but none of them tried to reach me. I'm Native American, you know, and so is it, you know, a black or white issue? I don't think so. It's, you know, you can, like I said, you can go all kinds of directions nowadays with, you know, yeah. oh, I can blame it on this, I can blame it on that. You know, I'm like, no, <laughs> because, you know, we're designed to learn. We're, we're do you not, feel that, you know, do you feel that the, uh, the educational system left you behind as a young person? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, not just the educational system, but, you know, we were abused and, you know, we were taken out of our home and placed in foster care. And, you know, so a person gets lost in all that. A child can get lost in all that. And, and it, it's very difficult for them to focus on any kind of education if you don't know where your next meal is coming from or whose bed you're going to be in, you know, the next month or the next Boy, you, you you really hit the nail on the head because if you don't have – you know, the basic, you know, food, shelter, clothing, how, how can you learn? How can you be in a place to, to develop uh, yeah. mentally, emotionally, spiritually? Right, right. Uh, were you faced with being evicted as a child from your home, or did you just get forced out? Or? No, not, not really evicted, but, you know, here in Alaska, we have a little community called Cedar Park, you know, and it's low-income housing. So, you know, I was born into low-income housing. Um, so... To me, it's, you know, it's, that's just normal. <laughs> and being that, you know, we're Native Americans, so we do have other socialistic type programming, you know, where they, yeah. they do keep a, t- a sense of socialism on reservations. And, you know, and then you have generations of Native Americans who have that socialistic mentality, so it's going to be easy for them to slip into that, which is not a good thing. <laughs> I don't like that, you know. But educate yourself. Be educated, and don't let them don't let them take you down like that. <laughs> right. No, you you definitely have the right attitude, and and are an inspiration to people listening. So I, I applaud you for coming forward. Thank you. Um, and and at what point in your life did you feel you had made some progress, and or or saw the light at the end of the tunnel, and knew that was the right path for you? Um, for this, just, you know, for this particular project, this thing I've been working on for like 15 plus years, I, the moment came when a friend of mine, you know, who was educationally as challenged as I was, she's my same age, she grew up in the Midwest, you know, Arkansas, but she saw it. She, I showed it to her, we talked it over, and everything that she, you know, thought she didn't know was there. Oh, my God, I already know that. But now that I can put it in the right order... <laughs> Now my world makes sense. And that, yeah. was, that was probably about 10 years ago. The aha, okay, this can actually work. And then about a year ago, my father-in-law, who was a history, you know, uh, teacher in New York many years ago, yeah. said, wow, you really need to patent that timeline. <laughs> he said, you really and, need and to that, patent that because they don't teach history that way. But you also have and a very positive attitude. You have a very upbeat, uh, can-do attitude, and, and how important is yeah. that attitude in overcoming adversity? 
you know, for me it was a lot, but it, it took me a lot to get here because my, my thought process for that is that Adam and Eve were created with one particular emotion, and it was called love. And it has its own chemical in the human body. Its hormone has its own name. The moment they sinned was the moment that hate, sin, or you know, hate, fear, shame, all those emotions entered the human body chemically. And from that moment, every child or human born from Adam and Eve had those emotions in them: hate, love, sorrow, so on and so forth. And they all have their own chemistry. So once you can find out what set you off that made you angry, you can maybe learn to get that particular chemical under control, and then you don't go to depression, and you don't go to other emotions or too much chemistry in your own body that would confuse you. So that's how I see emotions, and it makes it easier to deal with. Yeah. Uh, d- define what, what poor means to you. Does that mean anything what, special poor? to you or... Yeah, poor. What does it mean right. if someone's so poor? poor? To me, there's, there's several things. You know, like you, you live in paycheck to paycheck. You know, that's the financial definition of, a, of being poor. You have spiritual poor if you don't, you know, understand spiritualness and if you've never been given the gift of faith, you know. And yeah. then, of course, being uneducated because education is knowledge and knowledge is power. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for me, at some point in your life, when you were when you were younger, had you ever run out of money, or had your parents ever run out of money, or said they didn't have any? Oh yeah, any absolutely. Like I said, we lived. They lived paycheck to paycheck. We lived here in Alaska, so we lived. You know, we were on. It's not a reservation. You know, they didn't put us on reservations up here, but. Um, we still lived. You know, through the commissary, and we went to. Um, the native health care, which is free. So, I mean, to some degree, I was, our people were kind of protected from that absolute poor destitute that you would find, like, on a Navajo reservation. I you know, because, yeah, their, their resources are different than ours. We were able to, you know, pull our resources. So my, my definition of poor is a little different than you would say, say, like, somebody who grew up in, on a Navajo reservation or... Um, in the ghettos, you know, so yeah. like I said, we always have had money because we have our resources as a people, but we have lived in low-income housing our whole lives here. We've lived, we go to native hospitals, so we don't pay anything. So it's yeah. a kind of poor, it's a kind of sure. poor. So are, are there still a lot of uh, low-income people uh, in the area you live in now? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we we live on subsistence, and we're running out of fish, and we're running out of seaweed, and we're running out of our native foods because you know the earth is just giving up. <laughs> yeah. So are you are you experiencing are you experiencing uh, environmental uh, setbacks as a result of of those issues? Uh, less fish, less absolutely. Less in, yeah. yeah, in in the in the villages up here, we're yeah we are running out of those native things, and then because we're in villages and isolated up here, our food is either shipped up, or you know, flown in, and that's expensive. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, there are times when we, there's times that we just absolutely cannot get food, not because we're poor and don't have the money, but the access is limited. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Uh, and what One is the, the name of the living up here? I suppose. Right. What what big city are you near nearest? 
I'm in Juneau. I was born and raised in Juneau, Alaska, the capital. Right, right, right. And, yeah, and what is the Alaska, what is the so. what is the population of Juneau these days, if you know? Well, you know, thirty-five thousand between thirty-five and forty thousand, and you okay. know that that was the ten the twenty ten census. The twenty twenty, I don't think it's come out yet. Yeah. So, are uh, there uh, legal aid? Um, resources up there do people need lawyers for anything have you ever needed a lawyer for anything at any time in your life mm-hmm. yes um for you know housing it's you know it's like a union with the government or they'll only do certain things you know used to be unions were pretty tough but as time has gone they kind of went out a little bit so they're only they're only there to do certain things yeah um and kind of it's kind of the same thing up here you know things are just you know, we're, we're separate, but we still experience a lot of the. Sure, sure. Look, looking back in your on your life, what was rock bottom for you? Rock bottom for me was being uneducated because I was told every time I tried to apply for a job, it was like, oh, you don't have enough experience. Oh, you didn't finish high school. Oh, so that being uneducated and Again, it was internal. It, it was me, you know, a lot of it, I'm sure. But then not having anybody reach out to me as an educator to say, come on, something's going on, let's figure it out. You know, I, I wasn't yeah. lucky enough to find that educator while I was right. in the system. So, and then I, I'm sorry. Yeah, how, <laughs> how, how are things different today in your life as a result of how far you've come uh, um, I'm a lot more confident, I think, as a human being, and I, I feel a lot more confident being in social situations where, you know, if I'm sitting in a, in a group full of, you know, children, I could educate, but if I'm sitting in a room full of adults who are educated with, you know, 10 degrees, I would struggle, but I would be able to follow a conversation, you know, yeah. about whether it's history or or being a doctor or whatever. You know, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but if I choose to be, I know that I could educate. I could be educated to do so now. I would be able to go to that eight-year college and learn it because I've yeah. educated myself outside of, you know, where I feel like I know where I am in the stream of time. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting you bring up education because – in the play, Mommy, Are We Poor, uh, Chelsea, the mother, mm-hmm. she is uh, super busy trying to work two jobs right. to just put food on the table. But her daughter yeah. reminds me of, in a way, you, because the daughter is heavily focused on making the, on you know, the honor roll, studying yeah. and becoming educated because mm-hmm. she sees her mother being kicked around by the people at work, yeah. uh, the, the, getting the utility shut off, getting sued, getting the car repossessed. Yeah. And, and here you are, you know, touting education as a way to empowerment, and, and you couldn't be more correct in, in your assumption. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, and I, and I the hope. sad part about that whole that, – so the whole sad part about, you know, an educator is that they have this knowledge, and they only share it accordingly. You know, if you're going to – if you're going to be rich and you're going to send your child off to a parochial school and you're going to pay $70,000 because you're rich, I can give that same education to the poor people. For nothing. Sure, 
Sure, but the you rich know? people want the the fancy degree that goes with the the tuition. Yeah, the poor, because poor then people don't then they can that. run the country. Then then they can lord over you. Well, no, I'm smarter than you. I can do this. I'm a lot smarter than you'll ever be. No. <laughs> right, right. No, do we're you all have, pretty uh, smart. Yeah. Are you a teacher, or do you have aspirations to be a teacher someday? No, not in this particular system. I don't because then I couldn't teach it the way I want. Because every state has their own rules and laws, and, and then the federal government has their own curriculum as well. And so to take this in there to a classroom, because I've talked to many teachers, and the first thing they say is, you can't teach that, and where are your credentials? I'm like, well, uh, I don't have any, but I can teach it if I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It all so comes down been, to... I've just been educating people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you do to keep I busy? I could get my degree, yes. What do you do to keep busy up in Alaska? Well, so right now I'm up here in Alaska. My daughter and um, her two children moved up here. They had a, a tragedy. My daughter's husband um, killed himself last year, and so it's been a one-year anniversary. And so we're kind of just going through. I'm hanging with them. <laughs> just yeah. Oh, my my condolences. And, yeah. Sorry. Are you uh, was, positive? You know, it was covid are you a positive influence on, on your uh, Yeah, on your, that's on what your I'm trying to be. You know, I, I, yeah. you know they, they were questioning, you know, well, where daddy go? And, you know, it's like, well, sweetie, you know, they're, he's sleeping right now. And when God's ready to wake him up, then go wake up. Yeah, <laughs> and they were yeah. content how old, with that. How old are your grandchildren? Uh, six, yeah, I'm six and 11. Okay. So, yeah, they're... You know, they were they were very much aware of what happened around them, and they're doing really well. You know, they went through here in Alaska. They went through the aware shelter. They got counseling. My daughter's back up on her feet. Um, she's got a good job at the radio station, you know. and That's great. You know, she's getting, yeah, she's getting back on her feet. But she's a single mother, and she's having to be the mother and the father right now, and it's hard. So yeah. I just let her know, you know, mom and daddy are here in the background. If you need us, you know, we're, we're always going to be here, you know, because she's a widow now. She's 31 yeah. and a widow, you know, he's just not throwing her out in the world. <laughs> so well, of course not. She's, so she's, you know, fortunate to yeah. have you and the, and the support and the, and the comfort you must provide. So that's a, that's a blessing. It is, you know, and it's a blessing that I'm here, you know, that I can financially be allowed to be here, you know, because we are, you know, capable, you know, at this point, you know, if it, if I could not have financially been here, you know, emotionally I could have been here and it's just nicer to be here. Absolutely. <laughs> Beautiful country nothing, too, so. It sure is. Uh, so did COVID really impact uh, you up there in Alaska? Were, are, are, were things uh, shut down like they were in the rest of the country? Yeah, you know, and I, you know, I wasn't up here during COVID. I was actually down in California with my daughter, um, got caught down there. <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, it was because it's isolated. There's always that element of having to have sh- things shipped up here, you know. Yeah. And you know, there, there's the two philosophies, you know, in the world, you know, the the Democrats and the Republican type philosophies. And I think up here in Alaska, it's more of a, you know, keep the mask on yeah. kind of situation. I think, you yeah. know, like I said, I don't know the political element here. Um, and I, I personally just started getting involved in politics and, you know, trying to share this knowledge sure. so that, you know, the politicians can even stop and say, hey, <laughs> this looks yeah. good. We can put the world in chronological order. 
you know. And well, here, really quickly, my, one of my one of the points I really wanted to get across is when I when I was doing that timeline for myself. Yeah. The two points in history that made me connect the dots were Herodotus, who was the father of history in 400 BC, and I'm just rounding numbers. Oh. The, the for, father for. of history who was writing history for us, right? And then in the year, say, 700 mm-hmm. AD, there was yep. a gentleman named St. Bede who coined the phrase in the year of our Lord. And ah. he said, we need to start dating. We need to start dating history from a particular point. And so he said, let's give the, the Lord a birth date. 1 AD. Yeah. And then we can date history from there. Yeah, that's Debbie, how I connected the dots for me. We are just about out of time. time. So I, I okay. tremendously thank you and uh, wish you all the best. And uh, we'll have you on again sometime. How's that sound? Oh, I look forward to it. Thank you. There's so much Great. more to say. Thank you, Beth. Thank you so much. I look, I look forward Great. to it. Thank you very Pleasure. much. Have a good day. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that was uh, Debbie from Alaska and had a lot of good things to say, and I hope our listeners got some inspiration and insight from her. uh, Please join us again on our next episode as we continue uh, this journey into overcoming adversity. Thank you for listening. For additional resources and showtimes, connect with us at mommyarewepoor.com.